this terrific operations platform. We've built all of these operations protocols that are that are really built and designed to be scalable, to be replicable. We've built a terrific operations team around it, and we're doing all of it to help others build their businesses. We need to start doing some of this on our own. From MJ Bulls Media, it's the Raising Cannabis Capital Show. Hey, Chris, how's it going? It's going well. It's a nice day for a cannabis conference. It is. We're here at the Cannabis World Congress Business Expo in Los Angeles with Chris Crane. And Chris is the president of Forefront Ventures. I'm going to let Chris tell you the story, but I met Chris a few years ago when he was in more in an advisory capacity, but their company has morphed into so much more. So, Chris, can you maybe bring us back to when you guys first started and, you know, what got you to where you are right now? Sure. So, I mean, to take it back just a a little bit farther, I I spent most of my career working on cannabis policy um, Mm -hmm. in Washington, D.C. So I was one of the founding members of Students for Sensible Drug Policy. When I was an undergrad, I was the associate director at Normal for six years in D.C. and then the executive director of Students for Sensible Drug Policy. So I've been in this for a long time. We started Forefront in 2011 as Forefront Advisors, a consulting business, where we brought in some really high-level folks from outside the cannabis industry to create SOPs and operational best practices, as well as some regulatory experts where we would help people uh, win licenses and then help them set up their best practice operations, particularly on the retail end. Well, in 2011, there wasn't a lot of licenses. out. There were not. That's right. Uh, We were involved in some of those early states and we won a lot of licenses for clients around the country and and really built a a, a robust operations model for people to run a scalable, uh, replicable retail. Mm -hmm. And it was in about 2014, 2015, that we started with our evolution from consultant in, uh, consultants into operators. And part of it was, you know, we had, we started getting some access to capital and, and we kind of took a look at the landscape and said, you know, we've we've built this terrific operations platform. We've built all of these operations protocols that are, that are really built and designed to be scalable, to be replicable. We've yeah. built a terrific operations team around it and we're doing all of it to help others build their businesses. We need to start doing some of this on our own. One of the differentiators between us and some of the other multi-state operators out there is that we spent a lot of time building the engine. Mm-hmm. So building the SOPs, building the operations protocols, building the manuals, and building the training program. Initially, sorry to cut you off, but initially you're doing that for all the people that you're advising. That's correct. And, you, and you're perfecting it w- through working with them in all their different states. That's right. And now you say, we have this model in place let's do it on our own. We have the model, we have the access to capital, we've got the operating talent, we should start doing some of this on our own. And so that sort of began this evolution from consulting into operating. Um, And I think, again, what what differentiates us from some of the other multi-state operators out there is that I think a lot of our competitors in the space, some of whom do a really nice job, came from the business world and are are, are really looking at this as a roll-up strategy, where they're going out and they're collecting licenses all around the country, but they may have a lot of disparate brands um, and are really spending more time on the roll-up more are on how you execute and operate a coherent brand strategy yeah. across multiple states. So there's like a real eclectic group of companies that aren't really, there's no synergy between Correct. each one of the groups, whereas you're specifically going in saying, this is our brand, this is how we're going to do it, 
and maybe not grow at, at that rate through acquisitions, we're going to do it organically. Right. We are doing some some acquisitions, but we're much more targeted. We're trying to acquire companies that we think we can retrofit into our model. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. But we're really focused on execution, and we spend a lot of time building the engine, so to speak, yeah. so that we can replicate not just operations, but culture, uh, which I think is really important. Mm -hmm. you know, it, it, we, we think you know, ultimately, if you're trying to build a brand, particularly a brand in the retail space, which is where our primary focus is, it's really important that if a customer goes into one store and they have a terrific experience, if they go into another store in another part of the state or another part of the country, even if it's a very different regulatory environment, that they feel like they're walking into the exact same Starbucks. culture that they... Starbucks. Starbucks. Or, or, or you think about any, you know, any sort of chain where it's not yeah. just the aesthetic, but it's the way that the staff interacts with people. Because yeah. if you have a good experience in one store and then you go into another store and the experience is subpar, it really reflects negatively on your entire brand. Or different. It doesn't even have to be subpar. Or different. It just has to be exactly. different. I'm expecting exactly. it this way, and you're giving it to me this way. It's not wrong. Right. It's very off-putting. It's off -putting. just different. It, but it it, it, it's extremely off-putting to the customers. I get frustrated with TSA at different airports if they don't do it exactly the same way. Uh, we've got two stores open today, one on the south side of Chicago and uh, one in Allentown. Okay. Uh, we will have seven stores open by the end of this year. So we'll be uh, we'll be rolling out three stores in Maryland over the course of the next three months. Our first one will open in about a week and a half in uh, Glenmont, Maryland, uh, just right. outside of Silver Spring. And then uh, the next month in ba in the city of Baltimore and Hamden, and the month after that in uh, Catonsville, which wow. is Baltimore County. Uh, all those stores are built out and, and done. In fact, we got our final, final approval from the state today for Glenmont, so we will absolutely be opening in a week and a half there. And then we have a store in Worcester, Massachusetts. Okay. Uh, that'll be opening also, it looks like in November. Mm -hmm. uh, that store is about 95% built out at this point. And, uh, and another uh, big project in Massachusetts. I can't give the details okay. of yet, but uh, it's, awesome. a, it's a pretty that's major awesome. acquisition Those, for us. So that's some real fat growth. And then I also saw yes, that there's yes. some, you, you have a cultivation facility. In so we have a, a, few, a couple. We have a cultivation facility that's operationally in Illinois. Our first products are hitting the market this week in Illinois. So we're one of the last to get up and running there. And then we have a cultivation facility also in Worcester, Massachusetts. That'll be opening uh, within the next couple of months. That one is also about 90% built out, and we're waiting on some final approvals from the state. Uh, so we should have plants in the ground there by the end of the year. Our listeners, I'm sure, are anxious to hear about this because there really is not a lot of national chain plans that we've heard. And so when we hear people that are talking about some sort of national chain or aspirations for a national chain, it gets everybody's attention. Sure. <laughs> Tell us how, if you know, if there's an investor or somebody that's sitting there and has a little extra capital that wants a chance on, on your company, how can they get involved? Well, it, it just so happens that we're uh, we're in the midst of a capital raise uh, as we speak. Uh, we're we're, we're kind of on the tail end. We should be closing it out by the end of next week, uh, maybe, probably maybe in the middle of next week. It's going very well, but we can still bring some folks in if, if people are interested. Okay. Um, so we're doing a, this is a $15 million raise. Uh, we may very well go up to 20. We had about 10 million of that spoken for before we officially launched. Um, so I think we'll, we'll probably get probably get closer to the 20 million figure there. It's a pre-RTO round. So we are planning on getting publicly listed on the CSE in Canada later this year. Um, so we'll be doing another round later on this year um, in coordination with us going public. Within 2018? That's the plan. We're, okay. we're, we're pushing really hard to get this done in November, December. Wow. Um, and so, but, we're, but we're closing the pre-RTO round now. Uh, most of the proceeds from this round are going to go to help us close the acquisition that, it, that I mentioned earlier. We've got a, a very uh, strategic and important acquisition that we're finalizing in Massachusetts. Currently. You can't talk about. I can't talk about it uh, <laughs> that okay. openly, but it is a, it's a very important
important and very strategic acquisition sure. for us there. So a good chunk of this round will go to help us close out that acquisition as well as to both optimize uh, one of the facilities that we're that we're buying and uh, and and to expand their their the, the capacity cultivation capacity in that facility. Okay. As well as to uh, help finish up some of the other projects we have going on. So the dispensaries I mentioned, those were all funded and, and built out. So this is going to help finalize our grow in Massachusetts as well as finalize this uh, so, this acquisition. Yeah, so if somebody's interested, how would they participate in the in either this round that you're doing right now or the next round? Who do they contact? Sure. So they can uh, either go to our website, which is uh, ForefrontVentures.com. So it's the numeral four and then FrontVentures.com. They can also send an email to info at ForefrontVentures.com and uh, you know, let them know that they're interested, they're in, interested investing. in investing. Okay. Um, that, that email will get read quickly and passed along to the right people. Sure. And we I'm can, sure you're uh, working with investment bankers and everything. So yeah. So we, yes, yes. Well, because we're because this is a pre-RTO round, we have uh, you know, we actually have a formal investment bank up in Canada that we're working with. Uh, 8 Capital is our lead up there. Mm-hmm. But they can come in through us. We'll uh, get everyone under NDA and get the docs out sure. quickly and uh, we can we can we can be quite efficient and we'll have all of their information on the MJ Bulls website you wanted to look at stuff. Chris, this is really interesting. This is an exciting project. I mean, I, I have a little experience in the retail. I have a pretty good feel for what you're going through right now. It's exciting. Good for you. It is. It's been a lot of work. Like everything in this industry, it's a real grind, but I think we've built the engine to pull this off. And you know, there's a lot of talk about valuations and, and land grab and roll-ups and all yeah. of that. And I think you know, when, it, when, when the dust settles on all of this, it really comes down to who can execute. Right, an ability to execute well um, yeah. and execute a national strategy, and uh, so while you know we may not have quite the footprint that some of our competitors have today, we're, we're close, but we're much more strategic and focused in how we handle this. And I think the majority of folks in the industry are, um, and really have spent a lot of time you know, thinking about how you how you execute and how we execute on this. So I'm really proud of what we yeah. built, and I feel good about uh, where we are moving forward. Well, Chris Kane, this is this has been really pl- pleasure to speak with you today, and I, I wish you the best of luck. This is going to be exciting to watch. Thank you very much. Yeah. I appreciate you having me on and uh, giving a chance to talk with you and your listeners. Good luck. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, my name is Leah Babrudi, and I'm the founder and host of Canachicks Podcast, where I discuss cannabis, psychedelics, and other natural medicines. I not only interview people who use them as treatment for different conditions, but also the entrepreneurs who share their knowledge on how they built their businesses. If this sounds interesting to you, give my show a listen. I'm sure you'll learn something that'll surprise you.